Welcome back to another episode of Wistoner. I'm your host, Ruth Velasco, of course, joined by Tony Moldy. We've got a great lineup for you today, especially after taking last week off. Uh, but here we are in September. We're almost at the end of the quarter here, Tony. Yep. A lot of great things happening. NFL is back on since we've started. My fantasy football is already shot. Uh, and we have new data sets inside of Sonar. Did I mention there might be a strike happening on the rails? What more is going on, Tony? It is a crazy time. I mean, it seems like it's always been this way, right? The last two years. There's no crazy. This is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a day in the life. Normal, right? It's a day I mean, in the life. It's supply chain and logistics. There's yeah. always something going on. It's yeah. just a matter of life, right? I've been seeing a lot more like supply chain and logistic memes online lately. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, kind of like the person who's like, you know, fully dressed, you know, put together, suit, tie, everything. First day of logistics, second day of logistics. It's like, you know, like a meme of like, I don't know, like um, Pirates of the Caribbean, just like totally just like torn apart. Yep. A lot of that stuff going around right now. I can believe it. I mean, yeah. you've got, well, I mean, you think about it. You've seen how many new entrants in the market. I mean, with yeah, like whether 20 billion, let's say brokers and carriers, right? They've come into the market yeah, and a lot. guess what? Things have changed from what they knew. Yeah. And they're moving in a direction that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. beneficial for them. So very true. It makes it a little more stressful. Very true. Very true. By the way, do you play fantasy football? I don't. So that's uh, one thing. I, don't I feel like that would be up your alley. You're the numbers guy. It's, uh, I enjoy it sometimes, but it's, there's too, I haven't put too much thought into it. And that's, that's fair. That's, I'd rather, uh, you know, with sports betting being legal here in Tennessee, it's, uh, that's more up my alley. Cause then I can focus on one or two games as opposed to yeah. having to sit and watch our and understand players it's a lot easier to understand I feel like you're giving our our viewers here a little incentive to move to tennessee yeah a little. or really anywhere that there's legal sports betting yeah i mean right. hey, it's fun it's a good time it's a great time yeah all right but anyways we've got uh we've got some good things coming up so we're gonna we're gonna touch on a lot a lot of it today um but there's a i wanted to start off here tony because we've got a brand new data set inside of sona that we have to talk about um and it's one that I know nothing about. I'm not afraid to admit that. Okay, you know that's why you're here, Tony. You know to keep us keep us straight. Um, but uh, you're going to explain it to me, and then I'm going to translate that and explain that very simply to our audience because that's what I'm here for. Perfect. Yeah, got a good plan. So this is the this is the Mark Cube uh, Freightway Supply Chain Tech Index. Big words there, Mark Cube. Um, Tony, what is that? So Mark Cube is so this is a partnership Freightways and Mark Cube did Mark Cube generates or creates a lot of indices around stocks and mm-hmm. like that go on to be traded yeah. as ETFs and things like that. So similar to what you would think of the S&P 500, the Dow, the Dow Transportation yeah. Index, like things like that, that's yeah. very similar. But this is just taking a look at, there's nothing that focuses on supply chains. If you really look at like the Dow Jones Transportation Index, some of the companies in there aren't what you would consider supply chain companies, right? I right. mean, there's like an Avis, Yes, the airlines do some cargo, but a vast majority of the revenue is from passenger movement. So the airlines are included in that. And this kind of takes out some of that. And, it, and we use kind of the freight waves, the Freight Tech 100 that we, I mean, the list of the 2023 Freight Tech 100 came out today. We use that kind of as a jumping off point, right? These are the companies that 
industry leaders think of as innovative and they're where investors are parking their money. Right. The problem with that index of, or the Freight Tech 100 is they're not all publicly traded, right? So uh, there's a lot of that private investment. But this gives away in those supply chain companies that are investing in technology that are publicly traded and have an average daily traded. I mean, there's nuances to it. They have to be over a $500 million market cap. Right. And they have to have $3 million in average daily traded volume. So, I mean, yeah. there are levels that these companies have to make. And some of these newer entrants in the market don't necessarily reach that yet. But over time, this index will evolve. But you've got two on the screen, you'll see two different lines. So the blue line is that price return. So just the index itself, that's the price of what the index would be as a whole. The green line is that total return. So stocks in this index do provide, some of them provide dividends, things like that. Those count into your total return. And that's why you see that green line higher than the blue line. Yeah, all about them divvies, especially yeah. right now when the market is doing so, so well. Yeah. Great time to, to buy. Yeah, so I mean, this is just a way to kind of gauge investor sentiment in yeah. supply chain technology. I mean, again, these are some of the biggest supply chain companies mm-hmm. in the world, but also those that are innovating and coming up, being somewhat disruptors to the industry. And right. uh, I mean, it's broken down uh, between pure play and then non-pure play mm-hmm. inside the index, about 80% in that pure play freight tech space, 20% in the space that they benefit from some of this technology, but they may not necessarily be the, right. the innovators of it. I think it's great because we've, there's been, there hasn't been a lot of eyes on supply chain really up until the pandemic hit. I mean, we can see on the charts there. I mean, look at the index. It was basically flat. 2017, 2018, 2019. And then as soon as 2020 hit, you know, obviously we kind of had a little springboard down. And then as soon as that dip hit, up and to the right. And I know that happened with a lot of sectors, but it's nice to see that the supply chain was kind of taken along with it. Because I, I think there's, um, you know, and obviously we've come down like most things have uh, this year, but there's, um, I, I think it'll be interesting to see as more and more investors want exposure to the supply chain market, supply chain technology, which like you said, has largely been overlooked. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the key. And there's not really been a good way to get that exposure to it other than go, obviously going and picking out individual names. This kind right. of lumps it all together across the entire industry. And like I said, it's a lot of those companies that are in that Freight Tech 100 are still relatively, I don't want to say small. There's some very big companies in that yeah. that are still privately held, right? right. So uh, as, I mean, you think about like it. Freightways. Yeah, maybe. But as you think about it, I mean, as these companies mature and enter that public market, whenever that may be, and like they, they meet those thresholds, like they'll be included. Yes. So I, I hope one day Maybe. that is where we are at. Yes. I, I, I'm partly joking, but at the same time, like that is a goal. Freightways yes. does have to be there at some point. Um, but yeah, we've, we've got um, making great progress. Yeah. Um, and I think I think we'll get there, but it's exciting to see that, that that's almost could be a potential. That's like that's like a journey. It's at least there's a goal now. Right? Yeah, there, there's a little bit more tangibility to that aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, people talk about getting included into the S and P 500, right? right? I mean, that was a big talk with Tesla mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, it is something. Now there is that I want to be included in this index. How do I get there? Right. Again, some of it has to do with some the market, the market and size and right. things like that, but. Other parts of it are getting to that point is it's almost like clearing an accomplishment or it's an accomplishment. 
So if we want to get exposure to this marquee index, we just Venmo you our money at no. Tony Mulvey? Or no. I mean, to go, learn, to go learn more about it, go to, obviously, Mercube. They've yeah. got it uh, listed. We've got in the Knowledge Center uh, and then on the website where yep. we release the press release. But that is, that's where to go learn more about it. So Do not Venmo Tony. You will no. not get your money back. Uh, I'll right. give it back. I'm, not, I'm a nice guy. Anyways, um, no, that's great. That's exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I know there's not a lot on it yet because the indexes are on the newer side, but I think it'll be exciting just to kind of see where it goes. I mean, yep. that's where the journey from here. So we'll give you an update when we learn. Um, good question. You know, does it just bounce back with the general, you know, stock market when that happens? Um, or, you know, does it does it fall further or does it bounce back sooner? Yeah. We'll find out. Um, next, so we got we to gotta jump into the market, right? We just had Labor Day, yep. right? Not long ago. And traditionally, Labor Day is a little bit of a bump. That oftentimes kind of signals the, the bump into busy season for mm-hmm. the freight market, especially domestically here in the U.S. Um, I don't think we're seeing a busy season, Tony. No. I know I, we've, we've kind of hinted at that, but it's more, more and more the data is confirming that. Yeah, and I mean, this is a time when you think about the freight market as a whole, right? You're starting, you'd start to position inventories for that busy retail season. And, and what you're not seeing is, is really that happen, right? I mean, volumes pop back just a little, but I mean, look at rejections, look at rates where they're at, and you're just not seeing any signs that it's going to go higher. Now, there's a big caveat in this. You mentioned it to start potential rail strike that could throw a massive wrench into this into everything that we talk about, right? Yeah. Because it could, with if the rails strike, you could end up having all this volume that was going on the rails. Well, now shippers, they're opting for the rails because rates are, one, cheaper on the rail, but they have so much inventory. Well, now they've got to move that stuff still. I mean, it's not going to just sit somewhere. So they're going to ha- have to put it back in the truckload market. And then guess what? That's more volume. It's going to tighten capacity again, even with this. I mean, it's just this this big if and like how big does that impact if it does happen? That we can't really say, but it is one of those things to keep an eye out for because it could send this market back up to, I don't say to where it was, but higher than where it is now. Yeah, At least stop the falling knife. Yes. If nothing else, which I, and falling knife might be an extreme term, but I mean, it, we're still, we're still, it's still unconfirmed if we have fallen, have found a bottom yet. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I mean, let's just, just pull up truckload rates here for just a minute, right? I mean, this is something that we've been looking at for a while. This is nothing new. You guys, if you're viewing here consistently, you've seen this before, but just to reiterate, that blue line that you see, those are your drive in truckload contract rates in the US um, over the last year. This is line haul, by the way. No fuel is included for this example. And then the yellow line there are your van spot rates over the same period of time. So that's that high-frequency spot rate data. Now, we finally, in the last six weeks, I think have begun to see a consistent downward move on some of those contracts. We have kind of flatlined in the last week and a half, two weeks, that blue line that we'll see there. I think that's kind of like that first step down in contract rates. But uh, by no means is that a, if those spot rates, that yellow line continues to main, stay down at that level, we're not, those contract rates aren't staying there. Yeah, I mean, I think we did the math on it. Uh, Donnie, Gilbert, and I, we talked about it. If you adjusted the rate, 2019 rate for inflation to where it was now, it's that spot rate, the NTIL, yeah. is, I think it was $1.88. So, I mean, we're at $1.91 right now. So, I mean, you're basically right. adjusted inflation contract rates are or spot rates are almost equal. 
where that contract rate is still 275, like you mentioned. It's a step down. We talked about it on this show before, right? Yeah. It just takes some time for those contract rates to catch it doesn't up. Doesn't happen what, overnight. Yeah, I mean, it's how how do bids happen? Are the bid cycles mm-hmm. three weeks? Are they six months? Are they a quarter? Are they a year? Yeah. And when are they occurring? And how long does it take to implement? So it's more of a timing thing than it is directionally. Uh, tar, we're going lower. Right, exactly right. And and I think, and this is where we come back to peak season, right? Because we can look towards certain signals, right? Peak season is really driven by volume, yep. right? I mean, it's, you know, this this inventory rush to get goods from the ports to the warehouses, distribution centers, to eventually the stores to get ready for that, that shipping season. But there's already so much inventory there. There's less freight that needs to be moved. Still freight, there will always be freight that needs to be moved. But just that that peak, that urge, there's less of it. That's not to say that there won't be any increase in rates, yep. right? I mean, that's holidays, right? Less, you know, th- there's always a little bit of a bump, but... You know, I mean, if we pull up the volume chart, I think I think it paints a pretty clear picture as to where we are. Um, by the way, look at look at those bubbles. Look at all those little chat bubbles. Too much? No, Too I much? think I think it's good to call out. I mean, I think the big one, right? I mean, we did pump back after Labor Day, yes. which which is good. And I mean, but we we expected expect. that. If you look though, that big bump that you see there, right there, is kind of that back, that jump up on the dark blue line, the blue shaded. There's a tick right? down. There's well, if you look at the, the the green and light blue line above it, so 2020 and 2021, and then you look at the orange line, which is 2019, yeah. they, they all did that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was expected. And yeah. I don't think, I think what was interesting to me was how much higher we went than where we were before yeah. Labor Day. But when you think about where Labor Day kind of falls in the calendar, right? It's right off the end of a month, then right into a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... You'd expect this, right? Yeah. Shippers are moving things. And it's and again, it's not really a surprise. It's more of what does this do in the next say three weeks, right? As right. we close out the well, two weeks now, as we close out the quarter, right? I mean, right. do we see it act kind of like twenty nineteen where it flattens out and then dips right yeah. at the beginning of the fourth quarter? Or do we see it dip now and then gain some strength in the last week, right to the end of the quarter, like it did right. in twenty twenty and twenty twenty one? Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, in 2021, also, they're really kind of like, it, it kind of peaked out here for the rest of the year, and it never got higher from here. It only yep. went lower, right? But in 2020, it was the opposite. It, it kind of built into that big surge right before December. Yeah, and I mean, some of this, I think Rachel Premack put it, she had a chart in her uh, newsletter last week that had, it had inventories and sales quarter over quarter, or quarter Q2 over Q2, of 2020 over 2022 over 2021. Words are hard. They are hard. And what you saw was inventories, like the growth in inventory way outpaced the growth in sales. And so what's that say? I mean, it says these shippers have way too much stuff on their hands, right? Right. So like you said, that time sensitivity nature is effectively gone. Right. There's nowhere for them to move things. And, And I mean, you see it in retail locations. I was in a store the other day, and you could just see there were just boxes in the middle of like aisles because there's just nowhere yeah. to put anything because the back of their store is full, but the back of their store is full because they've got to clear out room in a DC to get it into the store. Yes. So to bring in new things into the DC. Yeah. So it's just this. I mean, it's the bullwhip effect. Effect. Hundred percent the bullwhip effect. And that's not to say like there are isolated items that yep. are still kind of behind with some supply yeah. chain challenges. Right. So that exists. Right. But at a whole, most things there is excess of right now. 
Um, but again, and that goes back to that, that even though there's an excess today, and maybe there will be for a whole nother year or more, we don't know, right? The data suggests that there will be an excess for a while. But if we have a problem getting inventory again for a while with this rail strike, if that happens, that won't take long for that inventory build up to potentially get dwindled out some. Yeah, I mean... And that could cause a shock to the system. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's other factors that can go in there that can cause it, right? I mean, you start to look at some of the consumer data, right? And this is what I look at one, one in particular, and it's revolving credit, so credit card debt. If you look where we are now, we're up 14% year over year. We used a bunch of stimulus money to pay yeah. off debt in during the pandemic, right? We're three, basically 3% higher than where we were before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But we've erased all of that debt that we paid off. We've taken on we've erased all that or added back all that debt and then some. And that, yeah. I think that's the concern for me. Uh, I mean, you'll see the liquidity rates. To me, they almost seem like a lagging indicator, right? I mean, yeah. you, once the, you've got the Fed raising interest rates, which causes the cost of debt to go up, mm-hmm. you're taking on more debt. It, it takes time for consumers to kind of go delinquent yeah. on these credit cards. So it's not going to be an instant reaction. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of my concerns going into... Uh, into the holiday season is this shift from cash to credit. And we'll see we'll see how it works out. But, I mean, you look at savings rates too. They're at the lowest level they've been in more than a decade. That's right. So. Very true. And that's something, that's the one concern that I have with folks who reference government data sets. They're incredibly valuable, but, valuable, but they're, they're so lagging in the market. Yep. Even if they update monthly or quarterly, oftentimes they aren't measuring that month or quarter yeah. that they are updated for. They're they're very yeah. far behind in terms yeah. of the data that's being measured. Um, but that that this is great. This is exciting, right? This is why sonar exists, yep. so that you can see whenever there's none of us knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. But when it does happen, we can see it immediately, and it takes the guesswork out of it. And that's yep. the exciting part of it all. Um, let, let's pull up re- our rejections real quick. I know we haven't looked at rejections in a while. Um, but uh, this, I think, will be exciting, especially as we look at those different modes. I mean, right, because all the modes out operate differently. Um, we know that. Vane and Reefer have kind of been on a trend there. By the way, that pink-purple line, that it's hard to read there. I take full responsibility for that one. That looked a lot better when I made the chart. Now that I see it on, on the big screen for you guys, not so great. But we labeled it, so hopefully that helps. Um, so, yeah, so blue, this is over the last year. Blue is Van. Nothing yep. surprising there. We are down and to the right. Um it, it's it's still falling. It is still falling at a slower pace, but it is still falling. So bottom's not in it on yeah. Van rejections. Reefer, we have found a temporary bottom where they dipped slightly below Van. They they've bounced off the bottom and have been flat for yeah. the last couple of weeks. Flatbed, on the other hand, is that green line. So it was running up for about six months while Van was coming down. Yep. Um, and but then it's. Since March, it hit its peak and it's been coming down at a pretty quick, quick rate. Yeah, I mean, I and that's we use the flatbed one just kind of show what's going on in the industrial economy, right. right? If you look at housing starts, industrial production, things like that, it tracks pretty darn close to what Fotri does. It really does. That's a uh, shout out to South Turk. I'm sure he'll uh, love hearing a Fotri reference. Fotri. But you are seeing it down. And I mean, you start looking at some of this yeah. data. Housing starts have been down the last few months. Yep. Industrial yep. production was down in the last release I saw. Oh, yeah. Guess what? We're, we're seeing it real time. The flatbed data, yeah. 
What's interesting to me in this chart is how low reefer rejections are, right? You said the bottom, they're 6.78%. If you go back to 2019, I don't think they dip below 7%. No. I know they were. I mean, they were. You the reefer market's all, mm-hmm. typically always tighter than the band market. No different here, but I think it's just how low they are relative to what you would think would be normal. Yeah, it definitely seems like they're pushing the envelope. Yep. And and this is kind of where I wanted to call it Labor Day too. Like, you can. It might be hard to see unless you're watching this on your phone. But the that green line, you can't even see labor, a Labor Day bump in the band. The yeah. blue, you can't even see one. You can, if you look really closely, you can see one in the pink line, the reefer, right? And you can see a little bit of a one, little bit of one there in that little jump up that you see at the end there in the flatbed market. But it, and then it's just a couple of days later, it's almost gone. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's kind of telling of what the market is right now, right? I mean, it is Shakes just it off. take it, take whatever. For, I mean, carriers are effectively just yeah. accept, 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 right? I mean, yeah. I was talking about it. I mean, if you looked at intermodal rejections, right? What the rails do. I mean, they're effectively auto accept. They're at like 1%, yeah. but they're always that way. That's what they do. Yes. When you see carrier trucking companies where, or where you see these rejection rates get to the 5%, it's almost the same thing because you, I mean, there is, there will always be natural rejections because it just doesn't fit the network right now. Right. Things like that. Capacity is out of place. Like that'll always happen, especially in the trucking market compared to the rails where it's a little more controlled. But, I mean, it's effectively auto-accept on the van side. Yeah. And almost on the reefer side. Yeah. It, almost. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably, at that level, it probably is. When yeah. you think about just the difference in mm-hmm. in how much capacity there is on the reefer side compared yeah. to the van side. And flatbed maybe like a body length away from auto-accept. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's still not close. quite there. Yeah. Right? They still have a little bit of leverage, but... It's, 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 it's definitely not what they had at the beginning of the year. Oh, uh, yeah, beginning of the year. They, they were they were 40% rejection rates. It. Yeah. You were killing it. Yeah, no, 100%. Make, makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, and that, that's done. I, I want to show one last thing, though, because I think this will be surprising. It's um, We're going to look at, you know, we've, we've been talking about the market going down a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But with this, and really with the volatility of the last two and a half years, there's been so many changes to the market. Now, what I want to look at is, where has has volume shifted at all in terms of where some of these markets basically have the advantages or disadvantages? Yep. So let's go ahead and throw up this map real quick. I don't think I've ever shown this map on with sonar, um, or at least not the particular data filter on the map. We've shown the map before, but this map is currently filtered with outbound tender market share on a yearly change. So what that means is you're looking at the year-over-year change in outbound tender market share. So outbound tender market share, very similar to volume. Volume just looks at, you know, for lack of a better term, right, the need or the, the loads. The market share represents how much of the overall market, a specific, uh, how much, what percent of volume a market has. Yep. So, for example, I think Atlanta and Ontario, California, go back and forth for the largest market. They typically float between 4 and 5% of all truckload volume flows out of those markets. This is looking at the year-over-year change. So the blue are the markets that have gained market share over the last year. And the red are the markets that have lost market share over the last year. And the white is unchanged. So Ontario, unchanged. LA, lost. Yeah, it's lost a little bit. And these aren't huge changes. This would be like a half a percent, one percent. But still, like that adds up. 
Yeah. It you does. know, especially in a market like LA where there's like, uh, who knows how many thousands of loads they go out of there every day. Yeah. Well, I mean, one that stands out, right? Right across the border, Phoenix. If you talk, yeah. I mean, you talk to a carrier, Phoenix isn't great. Well, now you're, you look at this and you're like, well, Phoenix has gotten better, right? There's right. more volume now than there was this time a year ago. Or yeah. they've taken more share in comparison to yes. markets around it, right? It's not, mm-hmm. all the volume's not getting sucked up into Southern California. There is right. some now across the border. I mean, look at Detroit. Yeah, it's standing out too, right? But this that's is, a market that's been volatile, right? This is when we talk. We were talking about stocks earlier, right? The stock yeah. market is down. We know that. This is the equivalent of like if the S and P is down t- like twenty percent. This is essentially telling you which stocks are down thirty percent and which stocks are down ten percent. Yeah, Phoenix is one of those that's performed better. While it's probably gone down in volume, not as much as the rest. Yep. Right. Yep. Versus like it looks like Harrisburg, PA, it's gone down way worse. Yeah. That that's like your, that that's like your your uh, uh, your gross stock right there. That like yeah. balloon. That's like your Zoom stock. No offense, Zoom. I love the product, but apologies for the stock. <laughs> so, um, anyways, we are right about at the end of time here, Tony. We will not see you guys next week. Um, we will see you the following week. Um, but if you are going to be at CSCMP Edge in Nashville next week, come look for me because I will be there. My team will be there. Tony will not be there because he's got to do the important work. But we'll see you next, uh, the Wednesday after that, live, 3.30 Eastern time. Take care.